welcome to episode 130 of Behind the Mission, a show that sparks conversations with sacrament trusted partners and educational experts. My name is Dwayne France, and each week I'll be having conversations with podcast guests that will equip you with tools and resources to effectively engage with and support military service members, veterans, and their families. You can find the show on all of the podcast players by going to psycharmor.org forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us on Behind the Mission. Our work and mission are supported by generous partnerships and sponsors who also believe that education changes lives. Our sponsor this week is the Wounded Warrior Project. The Wounded Warrior Project offers direct programs in mental health, career counseling, and long-term rehabilitative care along with advocacy efforts that improve the lives of millions of warriors and their families. Find out more about how they support veterans and access their programs at WoundedWarriorProject.org. On today's episode, I'm featuring a conversation with Army combat veteran and peer support leader with the Wounded Warrior Project, Michael Carasquillo, as we discuss his experience with the Wounded Warrior Project's peer support groups, small warrior-led groups that connect veterans with each other in their communities. You can find out more about Michael by checking out his bio on our show notes. Let's get into my conversation with him and come back afterwards to talk about some of the key points. Mike, so glad to have you on the show to talk about the Wounded Warrior Project and the importance of peer support in your transition. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to have you share a bit about yourself and why you're so passionate about the work that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. I mean, it really, it, it's a very long answer, but the quickest version of it is I'm originally from New York City, right there in Manhattan, and I was a senior in high school when 9-11 happened. The service wasn't something I had even considered prior to 9-11, but graduating high school, I immediately enlisted and signed up and knew that I was going to be a part of that and served in Iraq and Afghanistan with the 173rd Airborne. So the military is a big part of who I am and my service in the army, being physically wounded, I was shot five times in combat, died twice, spent two years in the hospital recovering 44 plus surgeries. So obviously incredibly wounded, (laughs) physically devastated and lost my sense of purpose, my sense of identity, who I was and was lost for a number of years post-service. And it was Wounded Warrior Project that really kind of swooped in and helped me find my way. And not just the organization, but it was the warriors within the organization. It was meeting these men and women who were going through the same things that I was going through, understood me in a way that no one else, no matter how much love and and affection you get from your family and friends, those who did not serve, who weren't there, won't get it. And so it was spending time with those warriors that truly put my life on the path that is today. And specifically, I can tell you, I was wounded in 2005. Medically retired in 2007, didn't really get involved with Wounded Warrior Project until about 2009. And then really, as it it started ramping up, getting involved and doing things. And one day my life was changed because I met this other warrior, incredible dude, and was engaging people and talking to people in a way that I couldn't understand. I couldn't fathom it. He was open and honest and vulnerable and connecting with people. And it was like seeing an alien in person. Like I couldn't identify what that was and who that was. I was fascinated by this guy and he engaged me in a way that no one had engaged me. And quickly he became my mentor. He became someone that I I was like, I don't know what this guy's on, but I need to get on it. (laughs) And over time, I grew to understand that his opening up, his vulnerability, his 
sharing his story was a way of working through what he was going through. Instead of holding within, he was, it's, we talked about it. We kind of came up with this thing of, it's the idea of literal baggage, right? We know we all have baggage, but it was this idea that it literally had weight to it. And when he talked to people about it, when he shared what was going on, he was asking them to help carry that weight. And the weight on him got less and less. And, and at, at the time, infantry guy, and I'm like, this psycho babble nonsense and that hippie dipping, that's not going to work. And then I started trying. And I started talking with people and I started opening up little by little, very little, very little over time. And I felt better each and every time. And it, and I, it alleviated. And all of a sudden I was just unloading everything and I felt so much better. And next thing you know, I kind of just fell backwards into becoming a mentor because all of a sudden people were starting to come to me and asking me questions and how are you doing then? And within a year or two, I suddenly had the, it just switched, the light flip switched and it was incredible. And I, I took the opportunity to unburden my own soul, but also to, to stay with him and follow his footsteps and, and whatnot, but charter my own path. And it's been incredible ever since, you know, that's basically why this is so important to me and why the peer support groups are so important to me. I came from a place where I felt like I didn't have anybody and I didn't have anything. And I was very fortunate, very lucky to find this one guy who really got through to me and, and got to a place in my life where I felt like, okay, I'm helping others. And it, man, it just, the stars aligned and that Wounded Warrior Project started doing these peer support groups. And it's something that I wish, man, had I had this years earlier, mm -hmm. oh my God, I, I, I can only imagine where I'd be in my life yeah. today if I hadn't struggled for those first five, six years. And so this idea that like, if I could be that for someone else, if I could be there to listen, to talk to, to provide guidance, to provide resources, to provide anything, then, oh my, like, I don't deserve where I'm at today. If I can't do that for others, if I can't provide a place that others can go to and find solace and support. And yeah, obviously you can probably tell I'm very passionate when it comes to the peer support groups and what they mean to me and so many others. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. And I'm, as I'm hearing you and how easily your story comes. But it was a long journey, I think, to get there. That idea of, oh, I was shot five times, I died twice, and all this other stuff. But really, you just had five or six years of struggle. And it seems like to me only yesterday, but really it's been 15 years, almost 20 years really now since what happened in Afghanistan happened to you. But 15 years ago, you wouldn't have been able to talk with as much ease as you just did. No, not at all. I was very blessed in that being physically wounded, I got the best treatments. I had the people there. They knew I was physically broken. And so they were there to take care of me and repair me and put me back together. So I was, and being so obviously wounded that provided mental health resources and things that, and this is 2005, it wasn't as much as, as it was, right? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't as easy to talk about PTSD and these things, but I was given like the benefit of the doubt because I was so grievously wounded. And so I had all the best part and I had family that cared about me. I had my fiance, my now wife, who was there for me. So like I had best case scenario all across the board. And it still took me six to eight years to get in a good place. So I can imagine my brothers and sisters out there who aren't obviously, I do with air quotes, wounded, right? Who aren't obviously struggling, who aren't who aren't given all these resources right out the gate, who don't have a good support system, who don't have family and friends looking out for them, 
it, it could take so much longer. And it could be you know, like each person is going through their own journey, their own struggles. But I always tell people in our groups, like trauma is trauma, regardless of if it's MST, PTSD, physically wounded, whatever, doesn't matter. Trauma is trauma. We're all going to battle with it in our own ways and it's going to affect us in different ways, but it's all based on the, on this idea of trauma and, and always go out of my way to try to understand and empathize with where people are coming from and, and how they are on their journey and what I can do to help them. Yeah, it, it's a lot. <laughs> it, it's a lot. You mentioned about how important that peer-to-peer -peer connection was for you, right? You know, in your transition, you had all the support, but it wasn't until you found a mentor who was also maybe a little farther down the road than you. Why do you think that peer-to-peer -peer engagement was so helpful for you at that time? It really, it boils down to this idea of speaking the same language and understanding those same, you know, kind of what you've gone through. I could imagine firefighters or police officers or pro athletes, right? Football players where they're like, if you haven't been on the field, if you haven't been in that fire, you can't describe it to someone. They can't understand it unless they have experienced it themselves. And I've seen tons of shrinks and I've had tons of counselors and social workers and all these things when they're not a vet, when they, and sometimes even God bless them, even when they are a vet, I'm sorry, but the cook in the air force, isn't going to really understand what it was like for me as the infantryman in the army, in the ground during the initial, the invasion, when I jumped into Iraq, again, everybody serviced their own, nobody's better than anyone else. But just on a fundamental level, the S1 clerk, the guy pushing paperwork is not going to understand what it was like for me jumping out of a plane in darkness, not knowing if I'm going to die on the way down. And it's, it's when you find someone who has been through what you've been through are, are close enough to understand, to, to have served, to have sacrificed, to watch friends die, to have been put in situations that no human being should ever be put into. It, it's it, war is an experience that fundamentally, no matter how uh, we've, been do, we've been doing wars for thousands of years, contained back to the dawn of time practically, but it's one of those things where th there is no training to prepare you for it mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, no matter how hard you train, like being in the middle of a gunfight, seeing the things that we have to see, it's, it's traumatizing. It is. And it's something that you will spend your whole life as great as I'm doing now. I still have bad days. Mm -hmm. I still have struggle days. I'm more open to it. I'm more willing to ask for help. I'm more willing to go through it as a group, as a unit than I was, but it, it doesn't go away. It's not something that just, you know, oh, I'm over it <laughs> like that, whatever. But yeah, so the peer to peer aspect of it, when you connect with somebody on that personal level and they can understand what you've been through. And like I said, speak that same language. It, this feeling, I remember when I was struggling, the biggest feeling was I'm alone. It was the sense that like mentally, I understood other people went to war. Other people ha have to be going through that. Like mentally, I understand that. But this, it's this, it's a feeling. It's that emotional gut reaction of, and maybe it's part of infantry. Oh, you can't show weakness and you're wounded. You suck it up. You drive on. And this idea of like, I can't show weakness and I can't show this. And I can't talk about it. But when you find somebody who's willing to get real and to open up and to share and to, oh man, it's such a relief. It's such a release. And there's really nothing in the world like it.
I'm curious also, though, another aspect of this is you don't have to explain to that other person the basics, right? You don't have to explain to them what HUA means. They know what HUA means, right? Or, but even what you're talking about other combat veterans, like you all get on a basic level what's common. And that means you don't have to educate somebody about what's common. You can talk to them about what you're specifically going through. Exactly. And so I'm curious for you, once you did start to open up as a peer, and then you started opening up as yourself as a mentor to others, how that supported you in your own transition as well. Yeah, surprisingly, that's one I, I didn't expect. That's one that really caught me off guard in that once I got to a good enough place and I started mentoring others, thought it was this idea of, okay, I've gained this knowledge. Now I'm going to pass it on, right? Like I've in karate terms, right? I've gone to the next belt and I'm like, I'm ready to teach. But no matter how many people that I mentored or how many people, groups I was a part of, I continued to learn. I continued to, just as much as I was giving, I was still gaining every single day, whether it was something that would expressly affect me and I go, oh, I can take this for me and learn personally. Or sometimes it was, man, I've never thought of it this way or, or, you know, like for someone like they started doing art therapy and holy moly, like that changed their lives. Not really going to affect me, but that's a tool that I go, okay, put that in the pocket. It really worked for this person. It could work for others. And so whether it was changing my life personally or making me a better mentor for others, I continue to learn to this day. I've been doing it seven, eight years at this point. I've been a, a group leader in different groups. And I still, every time we meet, I learn something new. I, I, the best parts of me, I feel, have come from being a group leader and being a member of groups. I think that's really, that's what we learn in the military, right? You start off as the private or the lieutenant or whatever, and then you advance and then you grow. Now, PsychArmor and Wounded Warrior Project have partnered to launch a 10-part peer leader training series designed to help veterans become peer leaders like you're talking about. Why do you think it's important for veterans who want to be peer leaders to get training to be peer leaders? Oh, and this answer couldn't be more easy to me. There was a time where I wanted to mentor folks and I was just like, I'm going to get out there and do it. I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes because I, I was, it, it was coming from a good place. It was coming from a heart of, I want to help people, but I didn't have training. I didn't know what I was doing. Luckily, nothing tragic happened, but there were people that I would have to get them professional help because I didn't know what I was doing. And luckily I never crossed the line where we couldn't come back from. But I realized very early on, if I'm going to do this, I need to know what I'm doing. And I sought out training, which wasn't so readily available back in the day, which is why these trainings are awesome now. And Wounded Warrior Project has them and then Psych Arm has them. It is so important if you want to help, if you're in that position of, I have the mental capacity, I have the time, I have the energy for this. It's one of the greatest things you can do, but be trained. Know what you're doing. Know where to draw the lines. I've had the great fortune of helping four or five others become leaders and even with all the training, like there's always going to be things that you didn't expect, the things that come up and you have to learn on the fly. But the more tools you can have in your belt, the better off you will to help others, right? If not for ourselves, it's so we can help others. And so always, I, to, to this day, if there if a training comes out that I haven't participated in, and I, I always try to take it just because 
I want to be in the best position I can. When I was in the infantry, I needed to know every weapon system. I needed to be at the top physical fitness. I needed to know, mar not martial arts, but hand-to-hand -hand combat. I need to know all these things because you never know in what situation you'll find yourself in. And it could be life or death in that moment. As a peer leader, any moment could be life or death. We hope that it never comes to that. But I want to be prepared in any and every way possible so that I can be the most effective in, in, in what I do. These trainings are incredible and so important for those people. I really appreciate that analogy in that you didn't say, because I know my rifle, I know the machine gun, right? Like you said that I needed to be trained on these different weapons platforms. But the big issue for a lot of peers is they say, oh, well, I know my experience and therefore I should be able to talk to everybody about everything. And that can, like you were talking about, that can really create some problems. Oh, absolutely. I speak and I always am very open about it. I speak from an armyman perspective, an infantryman's perspective, and also someone who served in the early 2000s, right? Because we all know service change, times change, ranks change, MOSs change, all these things, rules of engagement change. So I come from a very specific time doing a very specific job in a very specific branch. So I don't know everything. I learn every day. My groups have been male, female. They've been officer enlisted. They've been Every branch you can imagine. Haven't gotten a Space Force yet, but we're, we're looking. All these amazing experiences and varied experiences. And so I'm always operating under the assumption that I don't know anything. That's where I always come from. Tell me, because I have no idea what you've gone through and I don't know what your experience is. But just again, physically wounded, dealing with PTSD, but I don't have a TBI, military sexual trauma, MST. It's a huge, huge problem. I had no idea serving with all men, serving in combat. I didn't realize until after I got out, until I started working with peer group support groups, just how big of a problem it is. And while it may be very uncomfortable to talk about being open and available, and again, to listen to what others' experiences are is vitally important. And I, I'm going to be there if that person needs or wants to share about it. So all these experiences, I need to know and understand and understand how best to be a good leader for others, right? And how to best to serve these men and women who've served our country. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And obviously, as you said, not only are you passionate about it, it sounds just like you're effective also, right? You don't want to be more passionate than your level of effectiveness. So if folks wanted to find out more about you, the work that you're doing, how could they find you on the internet? Oh, me personally? Who wants to find me? I, I'm easily searchable. Michael Carasquillo, CQ, Tunnel. I feel bad if somebody Googles me because you never know what you're going to find because I did stand-up comedy. I, I have my own podcast and all these different things. So God forbid, I don't know what you'll find when you'll Google me, but I'm, my information's out there. It's not hard to find, really. That's great. I really appreciate you joining us. We're going to share a link to the Wounded Warrior Project Peer Leadership course in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so appreciative of what you guys do. And I, like I said, I believe wholeheartedly in, in the peer support groups and how effective they are. If you don't know, go out, find one near you. And if you think you, you got what it takes to be a leader, good luck. Once again, we would like to thank this week's sponsor, Wounded Warrior Project, who offers direct programs in mental health, career counseling, and long-term rehabilitative care, along with advocacy efforts that improve the lives of millions of warriors and their families. 
Find out more about how they support veterans and access their programs at WoundedWarriorProject.org. I'm always encouraged when I hear veterans who are able to publicly tell their stories, as traumatic as those stories might be, but also tell them with the purpose of supporting others. Someone recently mentioned to me how good storytellers veterans are. I've certainly been identified as one, and veterans can launch into storytelling for a number of reasons. Sometimes we use them to illustrate a point or to establish credibility on a topic, but also for nostalgia and even bragging. But Michael's story about his journey from wounded warrior to peer group leader was a valuable one and a powerful one. One of the first things I want to touch on is how Michael said, I had the best case scenario all across the board, and it still took me six to eight years to get in a good place. Again, given the nature of his injuries and the source of his wounds, he was provided all of the support possible for the military medical system, both physically and psychologically. He was supported by his family. He had a fiance who all of a sudden was confronted with that life-changing realization that she would not only be future spouse, but future caregiver, and she stayed by him and it still took him a number of years to get to a good place. We could provide all the resources in the world to every veteran that needs them, and we should. And it may still not be enough, because we're humans with human brains and human emotions that make life both wonderful and complicated. Michael experienced what could be described as the ideal scenario when it comes to transition due to combat injury. I'm sure it didn't feel like it at the time, but as he mentioned, the support he was provided was excellent. What is it like for those who experience the less than ideal scenario? All of the support from the agency, but no support from the family. Or a supportive network, but no ability to access resources. Or, more tragically, no support from both. All transition stories are unique, but there are similar themes that repeat themselves. And it's great to hear that. Even given Michael's experiences in combat and his recovery from them, he finds himself in a good place now. The other point that I would like to make is the importance of peer support training. You heard Michael say it towards the end of our conversation. But when someone's going to start working as a peer support specialist in a more formal capacity, Training is critical. I've always said that training for peer support specialists does not need to be clinical, but it is important that it be clinically informed. I've gotten pushback about that. People say that's exactly what they would expect me to say as a mental health professional. And colleagues in the mental health field have also pushed back about the idea of training peers in some clinical skills. But the medical field has a range of expertise from medical doctors to nurse practitioners, nurses, certified nurses assistants, EMTs, even extending to those who have been trained in CPR and first aid. Especially for peers who are supporting others, we need to understand how to share our experience, but also understand the limits of our experience and know when a situation is beyond our expertise and best for someone else to handle. There is a danger, if a peer specialist is not trained, that they can operate outside their limits and potentially do more harm than good. So I'm glad to hear that Michael, as a peer group leader, also agrees with the importance of training for peer specialists and that Wounded Warrior Project has joined with PsychArmor to provide this peer specialist training series. So I hope you appreciated my conversation with Michael. If you did, we'd appreciate hearing from you. So if you do have some feedback, let us know. Drop a review in your podcast player of choice or send us an email at info at We're always glad to hear from listeners, both feedback on the show and suggestions for future guests. For this week's PsychArmor Resource of the Week, I'd like to share the Peer Leader Training Series, a 10-part series powered by PsychArmor in partnership with the Wounded Warrior Project, which will explore the role of peer leaders in supporting their fellow veterans. In this series, you'll learn about becoming a peer support group leader, defining, establishing, and facilitating your peer support group, resolving conflict in your peer support group, ethics and boundaries, and more. You can find a link to the resource in our show notes. So thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. Make sure to take a look at the show notes, which you can find in the podcast app, as well as on the Psychummer website, psychummer.org forward slash podcast. While you're there, you can find hundreds of online training videos 
delivered by nationally recognized subject matter experts who are committed to educating the civilian community about military culture. All of these courses are free to individual learners. You wouldn't be listening if you didn't care, and it's that curiosity and passion for supporting service members and their families that we want to encourage and increase. Come back each week for another conversation and make sure to engage with Psychummer on social media to let us know what you thought about the show. I'd like to express special thanks to Operation Encore and Navy Seahawk pilot Jerry Maniscalco for our theme song, Don't Kill the Messenger. This show was produced by Headspace and Timing, and all rights to the show remain reserved by PsychArmor. Much appreciation to the team at PsychArmor that makes the show happen. Carol Turner, Vice President of Strategic Communications, who keeps me on track and is an outstanding guest coordinator. Support and transcripts by Emma Atherall. Feel free to share the show. In fact, we request that you do, but make sure to let folks know where you heard it. Join us next time for another great episode, and until then, stay aware, get educated, and be well.